Here comes the prep bowl. It is that time of the year. We talk about more sports other than just football here. We'll be talking about girls swimming and diving championships, adapted soccer. We'll give you a winter sports update. We will thank a ref. We will talk about the most valuable teammate for this week, and we will get into a great geography debate. That is the plan here on Preps Today with John Millay. John Millay, of course, the preps guru from mshsl.org. You can find John's journal there. You can hear him talk about his journeys around the state on this podcast, part of the TalkNorth.com podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod to see all the shows as they were released. Thanks to our producer, I mean, excuse me, thank you to our sales executive, Karen Cleary. Uh, wherever you listen to us, the best way to listen is to subscribe if you're at, to us at your favorite podcast app, either this show or the network as a whole. It's free, it's easy. Now let's get to the sports. John, tell me about the Prep Bowl. Yeah, we are there, Jim, this Friday and Saturday. It's Thanksgiving week. We did not do this last year. We all remember how strange last fall was with no state tournaments. But we're back and we're rolling. And uh, uh, this is going to be really fun this this weekend, Friday and Saturday. Uh, coming off what we saw last week with the football state semifinals at U.S. Bank Stadium, which was phenomenal. Big crowds, good games. Uh, this is going to be a great weekend. So this is one of the events that's televised. So this this you can turn on your, your TV. And uh, KSTC Channel 45, that's our broadcast partner uh, for many state tournaments. And then their streaming arm, if you go online, just Google Prep 45, you'll find the streaming. No charge for any of this. Uh, it's, it's televised. It's streamed for free. I'll quickly go through the games here. We'll have four games on Friday, uh, Class 1A, Miniota versus Mayor Lutheran, 10 a.m. 2A, Chatfield versus West Central Area, Ashby, 1 p.m., followed by 4A, Casson Manorville versus Hutchinson at 4 o'clock. And the big boys, the 6A state championship will be decided between Maple Grove and Lakeville South with a 7 o'clock kickoff Friday night. Three games on Saturday. We'll start at 10 a.m. with a nine-man championship game between Leroy Ostrander and Fertile Beltrami. Uh, at 1 o'clock in Class 3A, it's Plainview, Elgin, Millville versus Dassel Cocado. And we will close the football season with the 5A state championship game, a 4 o'clock start, Matamidi versus Mankato West. So those are the seven prep bowl games we had. 14 semifinals uh, last week over three days. That was that was really fun. Um, a couple of things I'll mention there, some some things that kind of off the field stuff. Uh, the Miniota coaching staff, I was not aware of, of this, uh, of what this was. They all wore T-shirts that had a, a blue ribbon on them and the words Team Shelley for their semifinal game. So I was talking to Chad Johnston, the, the coach there who I've known for a long time in the press conference. And I asked him about those and he explained, uh, Anthony Rabinsky is a, is a player for Minnesota and his mom, Shelly is dealing with colon cancer. So the football team is on board to support Shelly. That's really awesome to see. I would guess they'll have those same shirts on, uh, this weekend while that game is on TV. That's a, that's a neat thing. And that same day I was wearing a, a t-shirt that, uh, that I ordered. It's, it's a roaring to recovery shirt. Um, it's in support of uh, Dylan Wichterman, who's 13 years old, Alex Gullingsrud, who's eight, two boys from Northern Minnesota who are fighting cancer. I've, I've retweeted some posts from Alex's dad, Mike on his, uh, his battle here, really inspirational kids and families. We wish the best to them. 
And uh, it's it's weird. We'll talk about Twitter some more, Jim. But dur- during one of the nine-man games, I, I'm up in the press box, and I've got a regular camera with a good big lens on it. And I, I shot kind of some photos of both sidelines. And it's weird because the teams, the chain gang, the photographers, everybody's actually standing on the traditional football field. And that's because the nine man field is narrower. There's there's little there's little yellow lines that are actually the out of bounds lines. And I, I posted this and I said, if you don't speak nine man, you might not understand how this works. And one of the replies was somebody sent a reply that said, love this, the best kind of football referring to nine man and that the, the the poster of that tweet was uh, some guy named Chad Greenway, who I understand played eight man football in South Dakota. I don't know what happened to him after high school football, but, but uh, he played, <laughs> he played eight man to uh, at a high level. And uh, finally from football, I'm going to go through my five favorite nicknames in the state football, football semifinals. Number five, the Chatfield Gophers. That just seems to make sense. Number four, the Cass and Manorville Comets. It's Comets with a K, a capital K, capital M for Cass and Manorville. The Matamidi Zephyrs, that's awesome. The Kitson County Central Bearcats, I like that. But my number one uh, nickname in the football semifinals, and if this school is in any tournament, it's always going to be my number one nickname, the Esco Eskimos. <laughs> And they call it, this was a new one on Twitter. I saw some references. Uh, it's a hashtag. Let's go Moe's not Esco Moe's let's go Moe's. So that's pretty awesome. We're Americans. We have to abbreviate everything <laughs> because it saves you so much time. Hmm. Absolutely. Why would you say Esco Moe's when you can say, let's go. We don't have Mo's. time for that. We don't have time for the syllables. <laughs> I, I do love the nickname though. I love the Eskimos and I'll even allow Moe's in this case. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm sure when they say Moe's, they're referring to the bartender from the Simpsons, which <laughs> makes it even better. Oh, if they had a, oh, if there was a, if there was a nickname that was Mo from the Simpsons, that'd be awesome. The Moe's that'd be great. We'll work on it. My, <laughs> my wife's in education and your wife's in education. We'll, we'll make it happen. We yeah, have that kind of yeah. power. There you go. Hey, we, we want to thank uh, Jody Stay and Pizza Barn in Princeton, pizzabarnprinceton.com. Tell you more about them and their food truck here soon. Uh, reminder, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. And just thank you to everybody who's helped TalkNorth.com grow the way we have. We've got uh, Cheryl Reeve, Michael Russo, John Krasinski, Anthony DeLapanta, Lavelle Neal, Roy Smalley, John Millay. We have outdoors content. We have, uh, we're going to be adding some shows here soon. Uh, we have Bar Down Beauties on Hockey. Thanks for helping us get to this point. It's been a blast. Let, now, let's. Uh, yeah, anything else you want to say about the prep bowl, or should we move to girls I think swimming? We've got, I think we've covered football there, Jim. I will mention. I, I just earlier today I posted a kind of a, a recap on John's journal at mshsl.org. I went through all the football stories I wrote this year, and it's always a good reminder for me of, of where I've been and what I've seen. And I kind of just put little short. Uh, recaps from a bunch of these stories and then links if people want to go back and read the actual stories. And, you know, these are from Chisago Lakes, Wabashaw, Kellogg, Wasika, Farmington, Grand Meadow, uh, Forest Lake, Lakeview. There's a whole bunch. St. Clair, Mankato, Loyola, St. Thomas. It's just a, I went through a bunch of them. They're about teams and coaches and officials, just kind of a good recap of, of what this season is like. And, and I kind of phrased it in the introduction as, 
this was an awesome fall and, and, and high school football is kind of the marquee sport because the scene at a, at a football game, whether it's a tiny school or a great big school is just so neat with, with pep bands and cheerleaders and, and students having fun in the stands and little kids running around paying no attention to the game. It's just, it's kind of that uh, Americana. So if anybody wants to go to John's journal at MSHSL.org, you can see some photos see some bits of some stories, click on the full stories if you like. But yeah, this has just been such a, such a great football season, Jim. And, and again, largely because we didn't have this last year, we had football, but schedules were disrupted by COVID, you know, limits on spectators, no state tournaments. It was, it was very strange. And I think we just need to celebrate where we're at right now. Agreed. Uh, it's going to be great. And it's going to be great to watch it on TV. All right, let's get to girls swimming and di- diving championships. Yeah, this is another great event. I was not able to get there last weekend because I was at football. My absence does not diminish from the girls swimming and diving state championships one bit. Uh, it's always held at the University of Minnesota Freeman Aquatic Center. That's a world-class uh, swimming facility. And I saw lots of photos and videos. Just so great to see these athletes these judges, the fans who fill the place and scream. It's just an awesome place. Um, a great event in class a Hutchinson senior Grace Hansen set meet records in the 500 and 100 freestyle. And Hutchinson was a state runner up to visitation, which won the team title for the eighth year in a row. I've been to a couple of dual swim meets between Hutch and visitation. It is so much fun. You know, these coaches and the kids, they all know each other so well. These are the two big powerhouses in class a girls swimming. So they had a a great uh, representation there. And in class two, a Minnetonka won its first team state championship in girls swimming and diving since 1976 and uh, Edina, the four time defending champion finished second. So it was a wonderful state swimming and diving meet. Excellent. Uh, I want to get to adapted soccer championships and a lot of other stuff. We do want to thank pizza barn in Princeton, pizza barn, Princeton.com. Yeah, always great things going on at the Pizza Barton, Jim. You mentioned the food truck. It stays busy. It's uh, going all over, not just the Princeton area. It's been it's been around the state. So when you find out that it's coming to town, make it out to that pizza that Pizza Barn food truck. It's great. The lunch buffet is now back in business. It's, it's a great option if you live in the Princeton area or you're passing through. This buffet is fantastic. Lots of great options, including, as one example, the famous Schwanny Q pulled pork sandwiches on occasion, along with chicken sides and lots and lots of great pizza options. It's from 11 to 1. That pizza buffet is fantastic. And we've talked about the November pizza of the month, a Thanksgiving turkey barbacoa. We're getting to the end of November here, so we'll see what the December pizza is. But uh, the pizza of the month, everything else that's on that menu at the pizza barn, anything you'd want, like I said, chicken, uh, sandwiches, they've got it all up there. It's right in downtown Princeton. If you're on uh, Highway 169 going north or south, swing into town, it's easy to find. And uh, great, great community based business, a family business. Uh, just you know, we're so thrilled that they're part of our podcast. We are. Thank you, Jody. All right, let's get to the adapted soccer championships. Yeah, another great event. You know, last week was busy with uh, football, girls swimming and diving and adapted soccer. I can only be at one. And uh, I, this is another one I wasn't at. But again, my absence does not uh, with, does not detract at all. This is a, a great event. Um, we're so glad that, that all these state tournaments are back. Uh, so in uh, the adapted soccer 
world, there are two divisions, PI, physically impaired, CI, cognitively impaired. And in the PI division, the Robbinsdale Hopkins Mount West Tonka team, they won their first PI state championship with a 7-5 to five win over Dakota United. This event is held at uh, Stillwater High School. Great, great facilities out there. And in the CI division, Lakeville, Burnsville, Farmington, they won their first state title since 2013, defeating Dakota United 6-3 in the championship game. And th- this, is, this is like the football tournament. This is like state hockey, basketball. The awards are the same. We have this exact same award ceremonies. The trophies, the medals are exactly the same as any other high school league activity. It's a great deal. Crowds are great for this. So much enthusiasm. These kids work so hard. And I, I've been to mo- all of our adapted tournaments over the years. We have several. And it's just so much fun. So congratulations to all those teams. Yes. Let's get to a winter sports update. Yeah, we are rolling. We're almost at full speed on winter sports, Jim. This is the first week of practice for boys basketball, wrestling, and adapted floor hockey. That's the next adapted sport. So every other winter sport is already underway with practices, and some of them are having games um, with the exception of boys swimming and diving, which will start next week. So the way I see this formula when the final prep bowl game ends Saturday night, when the clock hits zero, we are going to be in full winter sports mode as of that moment. And it's going to be a great winter. Excellent. Uh, John, please thank a ref for me. Let's thank a ref. Let's thank all the refs, especially the refs now at the working at these state tournaments. Um, they come from all over the state, you know, last weekend, football, swimming, adapted uh, adapted uh, sports uh and and there was a there was a tweet from someone i know up north after one of the nine man state semifinals someone who is an official in the range coaches and officials association gave a shout out to tom mcdonald and his crew that worked one of the nine man state semifinals if the name mcdonald is familiar yes tom is one of the children of, of the late great Bob McDonald. Uh, Tom's the boys basketball coach at Ely High School. His brother Paul is another uh, well-known a football official from up there. So congrats to all these officials who worked all the big events last week and those who will be on the field for the prep bowl games this week. At this stage of the season, these crews are the finest in the state. They, they're not drawn out of a hat. There are, you know, officials are evaluated all year long. Uh, I've sat in press boxes and sidelines with observers who are grading the officials, and uh, that's how these uh, crews get to these these high-profile games. So congrats to everybody. If you'd like to advertise with this show or the network, you can reach Karen Cleary, our sales executive at K-C-L-E-A-R-Y at TalkNorth.com. John has fans all over the state. If you want to read a, reach a statewide audience, I recommend this show. We have Tons of other shows as well, including great outdoor content at TalkNorth.com. You can always find all the shows and all the archives at TalkNorth.com. Most valuable teammate, John. Yeah, Jim, we do this every week at the high school league, and this this has really become a big deal. I get so many notes from coaches and administrators who nominate kids, and when they find out their their student athlete will be a winner, it's just they're so grateful that we do this, and it's uh, it's something we've done for two years now. It's a great award every week. We we name a most valuable teammate. The latest uh, recipient is Molly Minima, senior volleyball player for the team from. Uh, Minneapolis Patrick Henry Fair School. Molly's the team captain who leads by example in influencing her teammates to be exceptional. She's always willing to go the extra mile for her teammates and truly cares about each of them. 
She encourages them to excel on and off the court, and her positive attitude is contagious and brings joy to the game. She's always willing to hold her team accountable to the standards of the program. Congratulations to Molly Minima from Minneapolis Patrick Henry Fair School Volleyball Team. The Great Geography Debate, I don't know what that means, but I'm interested. Okay, here we go. The As we started the state football semifinals, this was a nine-man game to kick off the 14-day, the 14-game, three-day football fest. I tweeted this. Does this nine-man football semifinal between Kitson County Central and Leroy Ostrander set a record for distance between opponents? 514 miles, seven and three quarters hours on the road between the two. Begin the debate. That's the, that was the tweet. And I've been to Kitson County Central. It is in the extreme northwest corner of Minnesota, Lancaster, Minnesota. I've been up there twice. I've been to that school twice. I mean, you drive about six or eight miles, you see the Canadian border. There's a border crossing there. That's how far northwest this is. And Leroy Ostrander is south of Rochester, very close to my my home state of Iowa. So, and I, I you know, I'm, I'm, every time I do something like this, I know people are going to get bent out of shape. Well, how about that time Caledonia played blah, blah, you know, Stephen Argyle and Cook County played Adrian. And it's just, I'm just pulling people's legs. I'm trying to have fun. And I know, I know what's going to happen. People are going to get mad and they're going to argue. And well, you know, in Colorado, there's teams that are, they're 10 hours apart. Oh, that's great. And so there was lots of matchups people talked about people and everybody's looking at Google maps, which is what I did, you know, and, and if you're going to drive from Kitson County central to Leroy Ostrander, according to Google, Google maps, you head west from Lancaster, you get on I-29 in North Dakota, and, you know, a lot of that drive is not even in Minnesota, so people are goofing around with that. And um, of all the tweets, and I sent a lot of tweets from over those three days of football, this one had the most likes. It was like 560 likes for some reason, and I, I guess we love geography. You know, I think because I, I had a map with it. I had the map of Minnesota with a circle around Kitson County Central, a circle around Leroy Ostrander. To, and I, I don't know what it is. I don't know why some things strike a nerve, why people get excited about it. I love geography, too. I like maps. That's, you know, but it's a it's a weird, wild world we live in, Jim. And here's just the latest example. There are people near and dear to me. I won't mention any names because I don't want to get divorced, uh, who <laughs> don't know where anything is. Everything is just, because to them, uh, people younger than me, everything is just something you stick in your GPS. They don't actually have a feel for like what's west, what's north, what's south, how you would get from one place to another. Everything is just something you do on an app. And I can't comprehend that. No, it's it's funny. Our kids, I mean, who are not little kids, they would, they'd asked us many times once we were using GPS, you know, how did you guys ever drive anywhere? How did you, <laughs> when you lived in Arizona, how did you drive to Iowa on your summer? How did we do that? And we'd start talking about maps and, and map, uh, map quests. I, I told my kids, you know, when I was covering pro sports at the Star Tribune, you know, this Jim, before map quest and GPS, you'd, you'd get online. You'd, you'd, I think map quest is maybe what I used and you would print out directions. I would have several pages, you know, okay. If I land in Chicago, okay. I got, I need a map from the airport to the hotel. I need another map from the hotel to the arena and then reverse everything. 
And you're spending all your time looking at maps when you should be driving with, with GPS. It tells you what to do. It's too easy. But yeah, younger people have no concept of that. And uh, it's just it's just amazing to me. I, I, I It was just kind of a goofy tweet. Here's a map of these two schools, how far apart they are. This might be a record. And it's just crazy. Some people are getting mad and and how that's not the record. This is the record. Or how about that? T- you know, it's just I, I I don't I can't explain it. I guess it's humans involved in this, and there's no there's no explaining it. Human behavior. I get that, but yeah, it's 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 just amazing. It's so much fun. I think you, John, are you're just a perpetually controversial figure. I think that's it. That must I be. Think it. That's what it is. That's got to be it. Uh, let's get a final thought from John on what he's going to do for Thanksgiving. Thanks again to Jody Stay and Pizza Barn in Princeton. Thanks to Karen Cleary. Thanks to everyone who has listened to TalkNorth.com. Again, go to the website or subscribe to your favorite podcast app. All right, John, how are you going to spend Thanksgiving? Yeah, we never, my family, we never travel because I, you know, the morning after Thanksgiving, I head to the stadium. And in the old days, I headed to the Metrodome. So we're always locked in here, which is great. And normally we'll have a house full of relatives. Uh, we might have 10 or 12 people, some Iowa relatives will come up. Uh, this year, it's just going to be my wife, my myself, and our daughter who lives about 15 miles away. It'll be a nice, quiet Thanksgiving. We may end up going to a movie later in the day. I don't I don't know the details. I'm not in charge. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. And then uh, I will be at U.S. Bank Stadium Friday and Saturday. And then we turn the page to winter sports. But, yeah, I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. Uh, it's It's – you know, Thanksgiving's always a big deal, not to me, but to the people around me, because my, my birthday is Sunday. It's oh. always Thanksgiving time. I have my birthday. I've had my birthday during the prep bowl games on occasion. So there'll be there'll be some of that foolishness going on, which is not a big deal to me. But uh, what do you got planned here, Jim, for Thanksgiving? My wife and I are going to the Viking 49er game. We're going out early. We're going to spend some time in San Francisco, maybe go to Napa. So uh, it'll be for empty nesters. It's kind of an ideal uh, Thanksgiving. Yep. We have, uh, I've talked about my grandkids and my son and my daughter-in-law who live in Napa. We were, we had a family, uh, uh, zoom meeting the other day with, with them, with our daughter who lives here in Minnesota, our son and his girlfriend in Arizona. And this is a time of year. The people who live in California and Arizona make fun of mom and dad who, who live where there's still winter. So enjoy your time out there. It's uh, I, the San Francisco area is phenomenal. We've been there a lot since, you know, we have family there and, and uh, Santa Clara where the stadium is. That's, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Down, you go down South down there and uh, yeah, it's, it's a phenomenal part. You know, you, you got to figure you, you're never going to drive anywhere fast, almost no matter the time, of, what time of day it is or what day it is. It's traffic's a huge headache and everything's super expensive to live there, but boy, what a great place to spend a few days. I'm jealous. I'll be using the Talk North jet and the Talk North helicopter. It will really be no problem. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Have a, have a great trip and have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the prep bowl. Enjoy your birthday. We will talk next week. Thanks again to everyone who listens. This is TalkNorth.com.